Hey, security peeps, we are live with another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. And it is a special edition tonight with Federal Career Connections, Alex Harrington. I am a small cybersecurity super recruiter, helping awesome leaders hire great talent. And Alex, I'm so excited to have you back. Likewise, likewise. It's good being back as well. It is good to be back. I have been MIA for quite a few weeks, so it's good to be back on here. Um, so, Alex, as we all, you know, I always have you do an introduction and talk about Federal Career Connection because I've only heard amazing feedback. I've been hearing that people are getting more offers and jobs in the federal space. So before we even get started, please share about um, Federal Career Connection. So, so for those, and I know that's probably not a, it's, it, it's probably just a handful on this evening. I know this is going to be recorded. Uh, and so this, uh, so the information will definitely be, the information that we'll talk about tonight, we'll make sure it stays in that evergreen uh, area where it basically it, it remains relevant for, for quite a few, for, for some time. But Federal Career Connection Incorporated, it's an official, it's an educational nonprofit um, uh, that that we basically that I spearheaded with the help of some amazing volunteers and and and, and a great bo uh, board of directors, including you, Renee. And it started back. It really it, it started by accident. I mean, I'll be candid with you. Um, uh, I've uh, when my wife and I moved in this area back in 2009. This is my third time back in the Washington D.C. area. Um, I'm starting to, I guess I'm starting to see my age a bit. So my first time, uh, was here as a Marine. Second time I was working on the Hill and the third time as a, as a fed. And, um, and during that time, my third time back, uh, I was working at the Pentagon and, you know, working in government, sometimes you don't see that immediate, uh, uh, that the immediate impact on either the respective stakeholders or the audience you're trying to reach. Uh, and that, so that, so for me, um, I, I have always jumped into uh, community work. And so um, uh, from, you know, my, one of my favorite programs that I built back up in Mansfield, Ohio uh, was the, uh, uh, was I partnered with the, uh, with the individual uh, the late William Todd Hunter, Major William Todd Hunter, he was a director of the Salvation Army up in Mansfield, Ohio, and we spearheaded the Richland County Young Marines. It was a youth program uh, aimed at uh, 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 basically uh, kids from from seven through high school, uh, through a senior in high school, uh, it just to kind of teach them some leadership skills and things like that. It's one of my favorite programs that, uh, that I built and, 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 and sometimes I will go into their website and they're still, they're still up there running, uh, today, which is really nice. Uh, this program started from kind of by accident or really a happenstance moment, uh, where I was, uh, I went to McLean, uh, McLean Bible church, to look at some, you know, just to help with resume review uh, back in uh, some, some, it was like summer 2009. And they asked me if I wanted to do like a workshop. And um, so we did actually host uh, the first, my first, uh, basically how to apply for a federal job workshop uh, uh, in July, 2009. And from there, they're like, Hey, can you just stay with us? And I've been doing it ever since. And, and then 2019, 
um, I was in my, uh, I was actually still doing workshops, but I was go- undergoing cancer treatment. I'm in my third bout, doing really good now. Uh, but I was getting tired from the treatments. And so when I sent an e- email asking for folks to maybe possibly take over my, um, uh, my workshops, I got basically the 2019, I, I worked myself out of a, t- of a speaking gig, which was nice. And so I had all these, you know, the handful of folks kind of just jumped out of the woodwork and say, hey, we're, we're going to help you out. And I'm like, yeah, that's really nice. And so then 2019, I, I just like, you know what? I was debating about this saying, hey, guys, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to close up shop. And they're like, no, you're not. And so 2020, I, I redesigned the program to try to uh, really flesh out the value proposition for job seekers. And then, of course, uh, last year, uh, we turned it to a, an official nonprofit. Now I'm trying to this year. I'm not too sure if I'm doing a good job at it is uh, trying to put it on its own, maybe own little independent legs. So if I, if I tap out, you know, FCC incorporated will still actually continue moving forward as an educational nonprofit. The mission, I expanded the scope uh, due to my basically, I guess, passion for service because um you know, for me, serving, um, you know, I, I, you know, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, in 20, oh my goodness, yeah, I got to think about this now. Um, uh, sometime in 2001, um, uh, actually, yeah, sometime in 2001, uh, early 2001, I was accepted uh, at a at a seminary uh, up in Ohio, Weinbrenner Seminary. I was going to leave the, you know, the hill and go and study to be, you know, to go into the, going to that field. I'm not too sure if I was going to be a pastor or not, but I just wanted to go to seminary. And then I got my heart broken. I, 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 I discontinued my studies. And after 9-11, um, I ended up actually taking my first government uh, position overseas. So in my first five years in government service, I worked in three countries, uh, Japan, South Korea, and, and Germany. And so for me, uh, when it comes to service, uh, I wanted to expand the scope uh, for FCC to not just show people how to apply for a federal job, because there's a lot of good people who do that already. Uh, Corliss Jackson, Catherine Troutman, Nancy Siegel, Lily Whiteman, Stuart Left. There's so many others out there. As a matter of fact, there's more than a half a dozen books, actually a dozen books or more, how to look for a federal job. But there's not a lot of organizations that really try to foster uh, or try to build awareness of not only uh, public service, such as federal jobs or congressional jobs or careers, um, state, local, tribal, but also um, national service, such as AmeriCorps, Peace Corps, um, military service, which I'm a big advocate. I think every young man and woman should serve in the military if they're able to. Uh, and so, uh, and so we're, we're going to start really kind of providing information for those who have a calling to serve in the military. And then there's other service areas that a lot of people don't know about. There's the, the merchant Marines, the public health corps, uh, 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 the selected service is always looking for speakers. There's a volunteer.gov for people who want to maybe volunteer at national park services. So we're going to redesign the website. Uh, and I'm looking at some web designers right now uh, to rebrand and re kind of redesign and rebrand 
our platform. So it serves as a kind of a, a, a baseline, kind of a kind of the first version hub for those who just want to serve, but they're not too sure where to serve. And so we're going to have basically links to national service, to public service, to military service, to other service. Because a lot of folks don't realize that, you know, you, you can go to, uh, you can go to, as a merchant marine, you can go to a, a academy to serve on transport ships. So there's so many ways that people would actually can serve. So for those who are in recent grad, or those who are actually coming out of high school, or are in, you know, trade, technical, uh, associates, bachelors, or, or further, uh, there's so many different opportunities that they can look into in all those various service branches within the federal government ecosystem. And of course, those who are mid-career, there's also great uh, potential opportunity, especially under public service. Uh, a lot of organizations are always looking for individuals who have leadership abilities to serve in the executive service. So FCC is definitely definitely evolving, and I'm hoping that at the end of the year uh, we'll have this this new website up. Uh, I have actually five I have five meetings this Friday with web designers, and so I hope by the end of the year having this new platform. But at the same time, the, the volunteers providing those monthly uh, those webinars, I'm hoping we can kind of uh, maybe find a, a unique niche uh, where not only we're promoting the various service opportunities in the federal government, specific, also for cybersecurity, you know, bring it into this scope, but also uh, to touch on a little bit, uh, a little bit on civic education because being a civil servant. Is, is not like a typical job uh, for those who want to work overseas under SOFA. You do give up some rights. Just let you know, you do give up some rights. So, but that's the excitement of it. Being a civil servant, working overseas, working in with the military, working as a diplomat, even while you give up certain rights that typical Americans get to enjoy, um, you get to serve your country, especially during this time when service is so much needed uh, nowadays, especially across all aspects of our of, of, of areas from, from government to, to when it comes to private industry, academia, we need people to step up and serve. Absolutely. Well, Alex, thank you so much for that overview, um, history lesson on Federal Career Connections. I've heard it before, but every time I hear it, I learn a little bit more, <laughs> a little teeny bit more. You add something else in about I'm learning, what happened. I'm learning too, though. I'll be honest with you, uh, Renee. I'm also learning about FCC, especially as we're trying to reposition it in a way that's unique within all those other community job programs out there. Uh, I'm learning myself as well, especially when it comes to working with you guys. Well, it's fantastic. And there's so much, there is so much opportunity in it. You know, Chris Westbrook, who comes on here often and provides invaluable information, like everyone that comes on, um, she shared that someone had gotten, you know, after listening to one of these webinars and doing what pretty much she said and we all talked about, they got their first federal opportunity. And I know I, every time someone gets a job, it's like, I get one. <laughs> That's how I feel as a recruiter. Um, 
And so it was amazing to hear that. And, you know, it's just powerful the amount of work. Like we, we will sit here and have a conversation and we never know where it's going to land. And we put the, you know, we put the information out just like FCC has done such a phenomenal job with the webinars and all that information. And we put it out there and it's like just ship sailing and you just never know. And lo and behold, someone reaches out and says, oh my God, I landed my first federal space. And it really warmed my heart in particular because that's not my area of expertise. So I was just like, oh, this is great. Like they learned, you know, they came in, they learned about it from breaking into cyber and Chris, and now they landed where they wanted to land, which is fantastic. No, that um, is awesome. And Chris is amazing. I mean, we, we got some great volunteers. Matter of fact, I'm, I was even, you know, when it comes to these volunteers, when it comes to James, Chris, and, you know, BB and Jules and Jacqueline, Dr. Charles, I mean, all of them, uh, I'm, you know, the one thing I hopefully I can give, and, and you as well, the board of directors, you know, the one thing I'm hoping is that uh, by the end of the year, especially as we start looking at grants, um, I'm hoping we can put, you know, we can make FCC sustainable so that those who want to continue with FCC will be able to. I'm really hoping that would be uh, be the case because, quite frankly, um, it is a unique organization. And as I was writing, beginning to write the book for FCC, I had to kind of think about myself, why do I serve? And I'll be, I'll be candid with you. When I was a Marine, uh, at headquarters, Marine Corps, enlisted retention. Uh, I served six years, and you know they offered me. Um, I was ta- I, ha- I have two DoD Skillbridge uh, service members interning for me right now. One's a Marine, one's a one's an Airman, and um, I indicated that uh, you know I, you know we were talking. I was asking him, you know, you know why is he staying in the Marine Corps? He's getting out after so many years, and he asked me the same thing, and. I remember at headquarters Marine Corps, you know, I turned down, they said, Hey, Alex, you know, you know, you could be a DI, you can go to embassy duty. Come on here, just re-enlist another four years. And so, no, I, I really want to maybe go to college. And then some gunnery sergeant asked me, well, how about, how about a government job? How about as a, as a civil servant? And, and I had some other language, but I basically said, hell no. Hell no, I'm not going to work in the federal government as a civilian because I was basing my my back then, my very overgeneralized um, uh, uh, perspective off some couple, you know, a couple individuals within our uh, within our environment. And so I had no intentions to ever, ever, ever um, work, serve in the federal government. Never. Uh, 2001, as I mentioned, I was planning to go into seminary, got my heart broken, life took me a different way. After 9-11, I went to the Marine recruiter because I, I wanted to go back in. They said, no, you're too old. I had some choice words. And then, of course, um, I applied for I don't even remember how I applied for it, but I get an email from Japan. Hey, we'd like to interview you for a, a public affairs officer position at U.S. Fleet, uh, U.S. Fleet activities in Sasebo, Japan. And I'm like, okay. So I took that position because I wanted to be part of uh, at what happened after 9-11. I just wanted to be close to the military. 
And so that's how it happened. It was not intentional. I didn't get out of college or whatever. I'm going to be a federal, uh, a federal employee. No, I had no intentions ever working for the federal government. It's because I couldn't go back as a Marine to go to 9-11, uh, which I really wanted to. After being in the first Persian Gulf, I wanted to, I wanted to finish it, you know. And when, they, when I, my age precluded that, and I was upset. Um, I, God opened the opportunity to serve in Japan. And the years gone by, when I look back at my 27-plus years in government service now, um, each year goes by, I've become more of a civil servant, especially now, especially now. Yeah, during this time of our of our in our history, when it comes to our government, I, I just want to be a good civil servant, uh, and so I, I hope that comes across. It absolutely does. It one hundred percent does. So, folks, if anyone has, uh, first of all, two things before we get jump into um, Alex's blog and the topic for tonight. If anyone has a um, let us know where you're listening, from, viewing from. Um, if you're live right now, let us know where you are in the world. And then the second thing is um, make sure to subscribe, follow Alex. You know, most of you probably already follow me. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel and jump on Federal Career Connection. Dot, dot, or is it dot org? It is Federal Career Connection. Uh, Yes, federalcareerconnection.org. Right. Jump on federalcareerconnection.org. There are amazing webinars um, held once, I believe, every two weeks, give or take. Um, And the information is phenomenal. Like, you can't get this type of information. I mean, you can, but it's so simplified and direct and um, relevant and relevant to what job seekers are looking for right now. You know, it's it's just, I just love that it's a right now um, platform with folks who have the experience, are in the roles right this second, pretty much telling us, hey, this is what's happening today. So, Alex, you want to say something? I will say this. When it comes to Federal Career Connection, the name of itself is what we do is the semantics of the name Federal Career Connection uh, for us, it's actually, a, it's, it's a verb. It, we, we are connecting resources uh, for job seekers. It was nice being a non, what's really nice being an educational nonprofit. And I'm starting to think about this might be our value proposition. I remember when that last board of the directors meeting, I had a little bit of a, it was kind of like very, I don't know, um, I was just kind of frustrated a little bit with myself uh, and, uh, and I'm like, you know, why are we doing this? You know, because I was, when I was baseline benchmarking all these other photo job books, I was like, so many other people have, you know, in, 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 there's so many resources out there, how to look for a government job, but what they don't have. And Renee, I'm thinking I'm starting to see the value proposition. Not only does federal career connection connect job seekers with agency insiders like Chris Westbrook, Laura Allen, uh, Angela Freeman, uh, Dr. Charles. Not only are we connecting job seekers to agency 
insiders were also doing something that many of the private, what the, the, the for-profit organizations are not doing. We're even, when it comes to the blogs, when it comes to the information, I'm always trying to, when I write a blog, I try to be very mindful that when you write something online, you want to make sure it's, it's, it, has, it, it, stands, it stands on that credibility feat. So you have at least three different sources of information. And I mostly pull from other government resources or nonprofits or uh, education. I also point to other, I'm going to use the term competitors, but in a very soft way, competitors to FCC Incorporated. You know, the competitors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um we point them to people like uh, Lily Whiteman, Nancy Siegel, to their books or to their websites, to their articles, whatever. Our job is to connect as much relevant, uh, timely, viable information to the job seeker. And I, I, and I, and I pull information uh, not only from government or a- academia, nonprofit, but other uh, similar resources, similar groups out there who actually teach or write about how to look for a federal job because we want the job seeker to have the best information for them to hopefully at the end of the day, uh, raise their individual marketability. And so that's, that's so unique about federal career connection. We, we have, we are connecting job seekers, not only connecting job seekers to agency insiders, but we're connecting them to all a, a wide variety of information even from similar groups so that the job seeker can not only raise their individual marketability, but also raise their, increase their understanding how to navigate not only public service opportunities, but military service and and national service. So that's so unique about Federal Career Connection Incorporated. We're an educational nonprofit right now. We don't make any money Uh, right now. It's just a little baby nonprofit, but we hope down the road that maybe a, a grant or whoever might give us some money will see the value what we provide in this, I would say this, um, I'm going to call it this, this bifurcate, bifurcated, uh, uh, I would say, uh, uh, enabler. We, we, we have a, we provide a bifurcated uh, uh, value uh, to the job seeker. As I mentioned, when it comes to the agency insiders and connecting as much information as, as we can, because I realize some people don't have time researching or looking for all that information for over the years as a career coach and, and as a Fed myself, as a hiring manager who's built teams, uh, I know where to go to when it comes to information. So yes, that's I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm starting to like how that's selling. How, what do you think, Renee? Is that selling okay with you? I think it sounds fantastic. All right. There we go. <laughs> I think it sounds awesome. So a couple of people made some comments. So Paul Cummings, our buddy Paul, says, Google Alex out here helping the community as usual. He said he needs to get on your schedule again. Um, they got their 501. Congratulations. Awesome. Uh, very awesome. And uh, Paul also said some huge names listed. Um, letting folks know who you are, and then Maria Gonzalez said hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. yes. So, um, 
So he has such powerful information um, when it comes to the federal space, because I think it, for folks like me, and I've said this a zillion times, that are outside of that space, it's just a whole confusing situation. It can um, be. It definitely can be. It's completely like, whoa, what are, what are, what are we doing? What's everybody doing? So um, in terms of the blog and the websites, you know, segueing into the types of websites or the various websites that are that are um, very useful, helpful, versus ones that are like black holes, not helpful. Um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about let's talk about the blog so, post. So I I, I do have uh, some hot links. I'm going to share them after uh, after the end of our session. I will uh, share them, and um, uh, I think the the number one blog I would share is is I just. One day, I, one day, I decided to kind of look at all the, the top-level departments, uh, the, the, the 15 departments under the executive branch, under the executive branch. Uh, and I looked at their respective career pages and, 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 kind of, and used it, you know, I just kind of used a basic, you know, uh, you know what made them very helpful not, to not very helpful. Those that were very helpful not only provided um, – you know, basically job opportunities or advertisements, postings, vacancies. Uh, but they also provide information how to, one, how to determine what type of career field that you might, that you would might uh, would like to maybe possibly uh, consider. And then also providing some, you know, you know, uh, basically, um, you know, basic mechanics of looking for a federal job, how to do, you know, resume tips, you know, what happens in the hiring process. So I'll post this in the link on your on the LinkedIn and just, you know, everybody uh, just check out those links. And then for my own, you know, when I looked at them, I use kind of a subjective, but also kind of from a career coaching perspective, what would be very helpful sites. Now, there's some really good resources out there specifically for uh, your folks who are looking for cybersecurity uh, or cyber careers, uh, IT careers, because uh, it's definitely a, a it's a it's a high demand profession within the federal government. Some, as a matter of fact, in some agencies, uh, they use they do have direct hiring authority for for cybersecurity. But I also know it's hard to break in. So I think knowing, learning how to navigate the hiring process, how to raise your individual marketability, i.e., your professional brand, what top credentials or certificates are actually on top of your education, what do employers look at. For those who are maybe just recent grads and you just don't have a lot of experience, um, maybe considering military service, not just you don't have to go active duty. You can go into the army. You can go into the reserves or National Guard. OK, and so so I'm going to provide some uh, some uh, links after this to some, you know, some like not only are, are that blog that talks about the various websites out there to help you know, basically raise your individual marketability and help you learn the hiring process. I'll also provide some uh, links to uh, some uh, uh, sites that are really look or that are really looking for uh, cyber uh, cyber uh, security professionals, such as your such as your groups, your audience, uh, such as DOD Careers, DHS Department of Homeland Security. I'm going back to DOD Department of Defense. 
Also, uh, uh, when it comes to U.S. intelligence careers, they, uh, some of these sites have kind of a buffet of different uh, agencies that are looking for uh, individuals uh, with those abilities. So I'm going to definitely kind of pepper your, your comments with a bunch of links for people to just check out. At the end of the day, and lastly, there was actually a, recently a, a Officer Personnel Management released a, a handbook. Now, the, the audience was for those who were incarcerated, those who were who served time uh, in prison. But that part, that piece in this uh, in this hand, in this book resource, very small. And then they provided such a, a they did a great job of providing helpful job search uh, tips and techniques, your resume, your, how to do an interview. It was such a great uh, resource. I right. actually, I did a press release on it and, and provided a link to that. So we'll provide that information as well. Mm-hmm. Again, information, you know, the best way to, to learn about the federal hunter process or other service areas is actually through information. And of course, right. it's up to them. And the hard part, the easy part is, you know, clicking on a website or buying a book or whatever. That's the easy part. I got plenty of books where I can test. It's easy to buy a book. It's, <laughs> it's hard sometimes just opening that book up. Yes. And so that's that. That's the one thing I won't talk about tonight is that uh, putting putting your job search to, job search into action. But that's another conversation, not tonight. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So uh, quite a few comments coming through. Um, let's see here. Paul said, Alex didn't even mention some of the skill bridge opportunities his team has been able to broker for transitioning oh, service members. Oh, I tell you what, um, for those, and this is actually for any, for any service member who comes across this episode, and I just learned about it. Thanks, Paul. Um, I, um, and I really do appreciate it because I, you know, in my day job, uh, I'm an advisor uh, at, at uh, U.S. Customs and Border Protection. And uh, our team, we were, you know, we can't backfill at this time. We have vacancies. So my boss is like, how, how are we going to improve, increase our capabilities <laughs> or our, capa- our capacity and maybe beef up our capabilities? And I said, well, hold on. Let's look at some non-funded pipelines. And I found more than half a dozen. And one of them was the DOD skill bridge and leveraging our veterans program manager at our agency and, and then reaching out to the respective services. I, 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 and I was surprised. And I, I, I was actually able to recruit, you know, two of them uh, in, wow. in, in my position. The position I created is for knowledge management. And so, um, so I, I was like, I mean, I'm, I'm in, I'm just right now, I'm in, I can't even describe how I feel right now. I get to actually, again, be with military. I get to mentor two young, two young uh, service members. Uh, again, uh, a sergeant from the Marine, a staff sergeant from the Air Force. And, and I'm trying to do it right. I mean, we'll think one, we'll have about the skill bridge program. Uh, just a quick plug on that. It was developed some time ago. On or about 2008, Department of Defense, VA, and some other individuals, other groups, you know, they were realizing that after 2008, with that housing crash, crash, uh, and the, the, dis- the dis- turbulence in the workforce, 
service members who are having a hard time in their transition. So Department of Defense, along with other groups, uh, I assume Department of Just, uh, Department of um, uh, Department of, uh, oh my goodness sakes, oh my, Department of Labor and some other agencies that got together and they looked at some transitioning programs and the DOD Skillbridge kind of came out of that. And it is a way for a service member uh, to, 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 uh, to help them with their transition. They can participate in this internship under DOD. They still have their, you know, they're still on active duty, but mm-hmm. they can go into an internship uh, about six months prior to their uh, uh, end of their discharge date. And so I have these two individuals with me and the, the benefit of this is not just for government. It's also for private companies and, and, and nonprofits. Um, they get to actually, it's amazing that the skills and the work ethic, you know, not only is, uh, is the entity, the organization helping the service member uh, with their transition, developing either developing a skill, learning how to network, whatnot, but they're getting some, uh, they're getting such a um, high caliber, such a high caliber of, in, of, a, of an individual because of their work ethic and their, just the, the way they just take charge. It, it, no offense to college grads, but these individuals are kind of, in, in, they're actually both educated, but they're just, they're just, they're just wowing me almost every day. And so it, it's an excellent program for those who are actually in the military uh, who are looking to maybe transition out to back into the civilian life again. Again, another great program uh, under, the, under the federal government. Yes, uh, another, and I've, I've only heard amazing things about Spillbridge. So, you know, folks, Google it, check it out, make sure that, you are taking a look at it um, if you are interested in getting into this space. So Alex had another, I mean, I'm sorry, Paul had another question. Alex, how have you been navigating the broken 8570 process? So much talent <laughs> so, uh, by brick walled, being brick walled by a piece of paper and service members who were non-technical shifting into this domain. I know DOD CIO is moving forward with the 8140, but this still has a paper certification piece. Paul, you're going to have to probably provide me a link to that. You're you're hitting my uh, I, my unknown side of my brain. Don't know anything about the 8570 process, uh, so that's something that uh, that uh, we'd love to learn about. So send me the link if it's something that I can benefit as a hiring as really as someone who's who's able to build teams in the government. I definitely would love to actually look at it. Right. Yeah, this is a great one. And it's very specific. So, um, Alex, let's get into your uh, let's get into your blog. So, okay. what do you, you want to know? <laughs> well, you said helpful versus not helpful. Part of me wants to know the non-helpful ones, but I guess we, you know, we only have a few minutes. So I want to be, I want to be cognizant of everyone's time and focus on what can, you know, where people. I'm sorry I'm looking get. up at the screen. I apologize. No, no, I, I understand. I know you have the monitors. So, so uh, I know for me, uh, when I put this link in the LinkedIn, uh, uh, you know, the discussion box um, and I'm looking up again, I'm sorry. Uh, so basically 
I used a kind of a just a I scoped out the the three criteria. The very helpful, helpful, not so helpful. The very helpful, and I, and I have to read this a bit. I, I do apologize. Basically, the agency's career webpage not only lists current job announcements, but they provide useful uh, career resources uh, and also uh, also uh, resume and, and uh, resume tips and, and other types of tips. So not only are they providing vacancies, but they're also kind of in some ways want virtual in a digital fashion, walking the job seeker through the hiring process at a very high level. I mean, there are, there are books out there such as um, uh, Nancy Siegel. She uh, she spoke she spoke for us recently, and she has some some good resources out there that goes into more detail, uh, especially with her background in HR in the government. She really provides some good uh, insight and, and know how. Uh, but when I say very helpful, it's because of those web page uh, those those department uh, career pages. They provide additional information uh, when it comes to uh, when it, uh, for the job seeker. The somewhat helpful, uh, what I used was that um, the agency provided not only job openings, but they provided some tips. So they didn't go into detail, but they provided a few tips. It wasn't too bad. Uh, I, I think one of the, my, the, the best uh, websites out there was, is definitely Department of State, uh, Department of Treasury. Treasury. Uh, and also Department of Veterans Affairs. Um, uh, the uh, very unhelpful, <laughs> sorry about sorry about this, uh, uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development. Sorry, guys, but I didn't find anything. I couldn't find any career resource, nothing. And so it, it was a, a little bit kind of, a, kind of a closed door fashion, so to speak. And so, again, uh, I think, one, you know, not only, you know, with Federal Career Connection, you know, with our agency insiders and tr really trying to connect information for the job seeker. Um, there are good resources out there that you can buy, such as, again, Nancy Siegel with her resources, Lily Whiteman, Hadalani, top paying federal uh, job. Uh, but there's also some really, there's other nonprofits out there who are doing a really decent job, such as the uh, Partnership for Public Service. They have a website. Uh, it's called Go Government, and, it's, and they just rebooted it. Go Government, and they just rebooted it, and it's really nice. But the thing is, the one thing none of these sites have, and the books don't have, is that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, and I'm hoping I'm gonna do kind of a, I am gonna ask for some money out there. I'm, I'm actually gonna be uh, sending out a uh, way for people to donate to raise money. But we're going to reconfigure our website that actually showcases not only public service and how to apply, but also national service and military service and other services. I haven't seen a website like that yet. So if we can at least put a little kind of one brick out there, a little, you know, a little foot on the beach, so to speak, um, I think that would be actually really nice. And that that'll be I think that would be a, a nice accomplishment for SEC Incorporated by the end of the year. Oh, Renee, you're. I'm muted. Sorry. No worries. <laughs> We're both tired. We're both tired. <laughs> I think so too. I think that's a fantastic, um, you know, a fantastic idea in that we, there's so much um, great info 
that's out there. Um, I definitely want people to pay attention to this because again, that what uh, anytime I hear, especially the federal space for me in particular, it's, a, it's still a mystery, hence why you're here. <laughs> and on all the FCC folks, it's still a mystery. So it's very, very enlightening every time you share, like, you know, information, websites, things like that. So you said um, FCC, IRS, there were a couple others uh, that were those websites that were really helpful. And- yeah, I think the top three is Department of State, Department mm-hmm. of Treasurer, Treasury, and uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs. Okay. And, you know, I'll, I'll post this uh, immediately after our talk, and uh, I will post this on the LinkedIn chatter with all. And I have other sites I have opened I'm going to throw in there that are tied, really tied to cybersecurity. Yeah. So definitely bring value to your uh, to your audience. Right. But at the end of the day, it's really just, it's just, again, raising your individual marketability. And yep. and the way to do that is is finding the right resources and the information so you can apply it to your job search. Absolutely. And, you know, especially what I love about what you said, Alex, is the, the component of the, the um, building your own it, online image, if that's the right, you know, if that's the right thing to say, um, so that people know who you are, so that when you're communicating and, and you know, outside of applying and doing everything else, having that um having that space having that i think you talked about this maybe a couple maybe a couple sessions ago three or four sessions you came on and talked about your personal brand um and having you know something like that so you're entirely right i I know and it's you know what it's it really is um when it comes to and i use the term being googleable googleable Google. Um, Google. Fact, it's kind of nice. I Googled my name. Was it yesterday or day before? And it's nice. I have a common name because uh, I was, you know, I was, I wasn't Googling myself to see what's out there about me. I was Googling to see what those nefarious and those very, you know, mean, you know, those, uh, those uh, red hatters, those, uh, those people who actually, who do send those phishing emails or people who just find ways to try to trick you. So I was trying to find what I was looking for vulnerabilities when it comes to my online presence. Um, but when it comes to the job search, when it comes to your, 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 and it's really your professional brand. Um, it is, um, is by far uh, the most important uh, aspect of your, of your individual marketability is basically how you portray yourself online is it's using common sense. Uh, I know for me, uh, I know that when I uh, use LinkedIn around you, I use LinkedIn and right now I don't, I, I did the premium, but now long um, right now I'm just doing the free side, but I make sure that at least my, my banner, the photo, the, the bio photo, and my, the professional brand term, it kind of matches what I'm passionate about. And so for me, excuse me, for me, I just love connecting great people together. I love helping people through performance management. And so I really try to uh, to make sure that I, I convey a brand that really showcases how I help other people become better. Uh, so for you, for, for your uh 
uh, who, uh, for you who's watching this, when it comes to your professional brand, I would definitely, you know, when it comes to some easy fixes, I would definitely recommend uh, to make sure that on LinkedIn, because LinkedIn is by far the best uh, online platform when it comes to networking. It, it really is just for networking. It's, it's either looking for people or providing job leads or, you know, you know, volunteering, reaching out, trying to find volunteers like I do. Uh, it's not for anything else. It's just for networking. It's only for that. And I'm going to interrupt it. Please. for a few seconds, Alex. You know, people, they look at LinkedIn initially because it initially looked like a job board, like a monster type of a scenario, right? If we think about back in the day. But it's so robust. And, you know, the folks that are looking at me on LinkedIn now are looking at us on LinkedIn now. They get it. Uh, but I, I, it's so funny. I was talking to a group of young women entrepreneurs, and, they, and I was telling them about LinkedIn, like they're in all of these other places online and social media. And I'm like, oh, y'all, you got to get on LinkedIn. It's the place. It's the, tr- it's the networking for all of the folks who are leaders in the in the industry who want to, you know, all the executives, everybody that, that they were trying to get in touch with. And it's the same when it comes to federal, because I think people may think like, oh, no, people aren't on there. And, you know, I don't know. It's the same thing. So go ahead. Alice. And I definitely just let you know, when I've built, um, uh, I've had the opportunity to build some teams in the federal government. And uh, so when I do interviews, when I, especially when I do, and, most of my interviews, a lot of times, is virtual. Even before uh, COVID nineteen, uh, I would use uh, Adobe Connect and, and do virtual interviews. Um, and I would actually have my government laptop, and as I'm doing my interview with the panel, I have my like my Mac or my other my PC, and I would, if they had a LinkedIn account, I would bring it up, and I would be, and I would let them know. By the way, you know, hey, I'm just checking out your LinkedIn profile. And, you know, some of them like, oh, my. And, and it's just a way for me to get to know them a bit. And so as a hiring manager, uh, uh, when you're trying to market yourself, when you're trying to actually, uh, you know, just kind of represent a brand, showcase your professional brand, you got to make sure, and I, I got to do it myself, you got to make sure your LinkedIn is always up to date. Because if you're out there, make sure it's, it's complete. Um, Two, uh, make sure you just, you know, you're providing not only are you showing evidence of your experience, but also you're providing value through helping other individuals. Because I've done it even as a Fed. I had people say, hey, Alex, I got this opportunity in this private company. Can you post it to your network? I'm like, sure, why not? So I'm, I'm actually reposting uh, job advertisements. I'm networking people together. Uh, I I, you know, people I've met, people that, uh, you know, who take, who uh, basically that I know or that I definitely, that I highly regard, I will even, I'll use the term professionally pimp out. I would connect them with other individuals and say, hey, it would be advisable to maybe hire this person because the best way for you to be promoted is, or be kind of, you know, showcased is actually by other people. And so LinkedIn, it really is, it's about networking, it's about participating in professional dialogue, it's providing value by either providing either 
a newspaper clipping on jobs or uh, my favorite magazines, Harvard Business Review, The Atlantic. So anything I post, I'm always asking myself, does it help another person's job search? I don't post anything political. I don't post anything jokes. I don't post anything about my cars or whatever. It's always information that's of value for other people. And so for me, LinkedIn is a great way not only to network and showcase your brand, but it's also to provide value because we're all trying to advance in our respective careers. So when you're using LinkedIn, the best question, the, you know, the, the filtering question you use is this. Does this help someone else's career? Does this raise awareness of the job market? Does, does this somehow touch the current U.S. workforce, what they're going through, what's hiring, what's not hiring? If it doesn't pass that filter, you don't post it. You don't post it, in my opinion. Now, there are folks who say, I've been with the service. I retired for 30 years. That's awesome because they're networking, too. They're letting somebody know, I completed 20, 30, 40 years doing this. This is all my experience, and now I'm looking for that new encore career. It's networking. So always, always know when, you're, when, you're, when you put yourself out there, you want to make sure when someone like me, when I'm looking at someone's profile, when I'm doing the interview, um, you got to ask yourself, what impression are you giving me? And is it a good one? Awesome. If you have photos on there or if you have whatever on there, political statements, whatever, that mm, you might want to delete those out. And I hope, Renee, I'm not sounding hopeful. Hopefully you know me. You, you, you and I are connected on LinkedIn. And I mean, I, I get it. I hope I'm not talking. I hope I'm not being a hypocrite. Hoping, hoping not I, at I, all. I no, not at all. I, I was, uh, I don't know if it was same buddy or different buddy that I was talking to about this same topic, this same exact topic about how, you know, creating that LinkedIn profile, staying neutral, being, thinking about, I, I say this to people when they, they don't know, uh, you know, a lot of times people create the prof, the profile, but then the engagement and what have you, they don't know what to say. And you know, to everything you said, Alex, like non-political, neutral, very kind of, this is my focus. This is my lane. I love that because that's how I am too. It's a very narrow lane, <laughs> you know, and I stay in it and it has careers and it has, you know, it's very, very focused on this particular subset of what's happening. Um, and, 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 and you want to, there was a, a I had a live one time with three or four recruiters and someone kind of, we were, we were talking about the etiquette of LinkedIn and the person in the live was like making these crazy comments. And we were like, the the folks were, were like, this is what we're talking about. Like you're never going to get an opportunity. We can't put you, you're on our live fighting with people. We cannot put you in front of our clients. And anybody that just does a quick Google search with your name, all of this is going to pop up. Yeah. 
So, no, I, I agree. I agree with you with that. And I will, I'll add one more thing. And I, I probably need to get a new one myself because I've gotten older. I gotten probably, and I got, I gained more weight. So I, and, 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 I'm, first, and I'm trying to <laughs> be better in that area, but I know that I need to update my biofolk. So my advice to everybody, when it comes to showcase, showcasing your professional brand, here's, here's what I would highly recommend. Number one, the banner, the photo banner, the photo banner, should match your your written professional brand statement. They should both be in sync. Not something you like, like a sunset, whatever. Your professional, your your banner, your photo banner should always be in sync, should always link to your written professional brand statement. Easy. And when it comes to that photo banner, this is what I've done. This is what I did. I would recommend you buying that photo using Shutterstock, whatever, but buy your own photo so you have the rights to it. And there is high res, it looks good and all that. So buy your photo. Uh, number two, when it comes to your bio, your, your own bio photo, uh, my advice is, and I need to do one probably eventually myself, I'm probably expecting to pay, pay I, don't know, between, I don't know, between 450 to 575 you're going to pay a good chunk of change for a professional bio shot, but have a professional do it. Don't use a photo that you take your phone and you do your thing here and you take a photo and you put on. No, it's okay. But then the day you if you really want to impress somebody, use a professional photographer to take your photo and put up there. My, I have a couple professional bio photos. One, uh, uh, one, one set that I paid for myself, and another set, and another one that with my that have a, like a flag behind me. I was I, I was able to get it for free at Career Network Ministry uh, through a professional photographer, uh, John Meadows, I believe. And so, when I do my next professional bio, I'm going to pay for it. So. For anybody who's hearing this, again, when it comes to your bio photo, if you really want to represent yourself well, don't do a selfie. Have a professional take the photo and use it as your as your as your as your cover shot. Okay. Now you may disagree. I get that. I don't. I tell you what, I love looking at those professional <laughs> photos because it shows me that, that that person is serious about their professional brand. And you know what, Alex? It doesn't have to cost a ton. There are a ton of companies. I mean, you can go to, you can have a professional photo taken at JCPenney or wherever the place is that they take the kids' pictures. They have the professional, you know, you go in, you put on your blazer, you put on something, and it doesn't necessarily, you know, you don't have to yes. you still get the same impact for, what, 20, 30 bucks? And so if you feel like if, you know, Alex is saying this and you're saying to myself, you're saying to yourself, I don't have that kind of money. You know, I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I'm actively looking like this isn't really where I want to spend my funds. I get it, but you could still get that professional headshot at a JCPenney or one of these other places. And if you group on, you know, usually it's like 20 bucks, especially during the summertime. So they don't have, they're not taking Take pictures of babies and puppies and all that stuff. <laughs> you know, that's their Christmas season. During the yeah. summer, we'll probably do it for like dirt cheap. 
somebody once said to me, I used to, uh, years ago, uh, I used to sell, I think it was for my first turn 18. I sold Kirby vacuums for six months or so. And I used to go, I used to, you know, door to door or whatever. And, uh, and the Kirby's are expensive. And I always, I was always would get, well, it's too expensive. I can't afford that. And I would say, well, if they're a smoker, I would say, well, how much do you spend? How many packs of cigarettes do you buy a month? Or when it comes to food today, when it comes to a young, like a, a recent grad, uh, are you right now um, doing a, a subscription to like a food delivery service? So if you can't, if you're telling yourself, I can't afford to spend 150, 200, 500. If you say, well, I can't just afford that, then look at somewhere maybe you can stop for a while so that you can afford that professional photo. Because we can all, we can all cut money. When I do my budget, the area that my wife and I that we're bad at is is we we love Kava. <laughs> we love uh, you know noodles and company. Well, that adds up, especially when you're paying 22, 23 bucks a shot, that adds up. So if I want to do a photo, new photo of myself, I think I I just said nude. I apologize. But if I want to do a new photo of myself, um, I will stop eating kava for a month and and I'll have the money to pay for the photo. So I I have no excuse not having a a new updated professional photo, uh, especially if I'm eating kava. Anyway, I'm going tangent now, and I'm looking at the time as well. We're we're getting near the end. We're um, getting near the end here. Do we have so. any question? Do we have a question or two before we end? Like, is there any? Um, and by the way, your friend uh, was it? I can't, Paul. I can't. Paul. Yeah, you know, Paul. I um, you know, I have time looking for information because I don't have kids, and so when you don't have kids, uh, you have a lot of free time. So that's one reason why I probably I'm able to pull a lot of information. Because I just don't have kids. Uh, my wife says I'm her big kid. Matter of fact, I even just bought a kite, Renee. I'm planning on flying yeah, a kite yes. this Saturday. I need a break. I'm going to go have, out and fly a kite. I have an eight-year-old you can adopt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Well, Paul says, brother, need to get you connected with Tony over at CyberUp. Do you know Tony at CyberUp? No. I tell you what, uh, Paul, uh, my brother from another mother, Feel free and on the LinkedIn comments when I post. Let me first post all that good information. Right. And so, Paul, uh, do this. Uh, you know, connect uh, Tony uh, with me through using that little at sign. So bring me into the connection, into the message. Connect us two together, or even send me a message if you want. Yeah, I would love to actually um, uh, connect. I'm always looking for good speakers, and I throw them to Chris uh, Westbrook. So mm-hmm. I'm always looking for people to maybe speak for FCC right. or even to help FCC. So yeah, definitely. Tony's Tony's amazing. I know, I, you know, I met him too. Cyber up. He does this, um, his nonprofit focuses on, it focuses on, um, uh, uh, not internships, apprenticeships, like getting people into apprenticeships. So he has a lot oh. going on. He's doing some fantastic stuff. Um, so, so yeah, definitely a person for you to connect with. Um, and would lo- he's been, he's already, I think he was on breaking into cyber a couple years ago, uh, but doing phenomenal work. I've had num- numerous conversations. So 
great person to connect with. And then Paul also says, for the love of God, don't just send a blank connection request. When he told, he's still, we we're talking about LinkedIn, hit the personal invite note. So make sure that, you know, folks, when you're, when you're on LinkedIn and you're connecting, yeah. you know, say something like some kind of message. I sent one recently to a lady who I was listening to this podcast and this, she was, she was so inspirational um, in, in the venture capital space. And I just wrote a little note and said, you know, you were just so inspirational. She hasn't connected with me or, you know, accepted my connection yet, but just something like, it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be a big, you know, diatribe. It's just like, you're so inspirational. I'm listening to this podcast that you're on and I love it. And I want to connect. That's it. So just something personal. So the person knows like, oh, wow, this person is actually not just clicking people names and connect, 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 connect. <laughs> you know, it's not, yeah. it's not that. You know, what I, and what I love doing is that, uh, and I probably do this more, I, I do it a lot. And I know I do it a lot because I like doing it. Is that when, like, uh, when James wrote that blog about Chris and I reposted it, and I love bringing them into the note when I do the, the post. It's just a way to give them exposure. And the last post that I got, that, that I did, it was, it was, we did a press release for our new social media manager, uh, Debbie. So we did a press release. We did a quick press release. I posted it on LinkedIn. And, of course, added um, her name with other names. Her that post has over my gosh I think it has um, it has over uh, two thousand views already it's wow. amazing so yes folks a great way on with what I love about LinkedIn as well is not only sending that personal note but also when you're writing you're doing an update and if you if you're thanking somebody or congratulating somebody bring their name into the conversation by using that little at sign. That way, their respective network will see it as well. What a great way to showcase them. Yep. That's why I like LinkedIn. <laughs> it's great. It's great to tag people, for sure. Well, my friend, it's 803. We probably yes. need to end this show soon. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. Quick comment that Paul says is, you know, Tony was on it two years ago, so need him on again. I agree. I 100% agree. So, Alex. Any final words of wisdom? I mean, you've talked to us about so many different websites that are fantastic. Um, anything else you want to add before we wrap this show? You know what? I, I think the one thing that I really just, I, I really appreciated about these two, uh, these uh, service members, uh, one, and one came on first, on board at first. And I gave them, I gave this individual just a small task, just to see. And he gave me back is one. It's he gave me back such a just an elaborate, you know, basic product. And so the one thing I would always try to do is, um, especially networking, um, you know, doing inter- whatever your first day on the job, um, commit to little, promise little, just say yes, I can do this, but then come back and do more. Always go, always do that extra, that extra uh, effort. So within the job search context, uh, I think that one little piece that's really nice, uh, and I had to tell, had to remind somebody who didn't do it, 
is that when, when it comes to the job interview, and this is what I do, uh, a lot of times if a job that I really like, and I've done it in the past, if there's a position that I really hope I'm just, I just I have a high interest in, the day of the interview, I'm mailing a thank you note. So before I'm going to the interview or before I'm doing the virtual, I will actually drop either day before or day of, I will be sending it just a small written thank you note. And so for me, and I think Renee, you received, I think you received, hopefully you received one of my, my handwritten thank you notes, but I would definitely, uh, I would recommend you can buy those notes at a, at a card store, but there's places online where you put your, you get your name on top at, on the letterhead. And so it's a great way to really develop those either one saying thank you after an interview of that job that you just really, really would love to have. Or if you're networking with somebody who could lead to an amazing position that you're, that you're aspiring to, a handwritten note is not dead. It shows such a, just you're being a very attentive and you're taking that extra effort. Email thank you notes are fine, but a handwritten note, it goes a long way. I wholeheartedly agree. I've been sending some recently and they're so well received. Like people are floored um, by getting them. And it's, and especially when it's sometimes it's out of, I mean, not for, for different job interviews, because I'm not interviewing for jobs, but <laughs> for various things, various organizations, all this stuff. And you send someone a note and they're just so pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And it's such a, you know, because we don't do them as often. So it truly stands out as a candidate. If you're a candidate and you find the, the person's information and you actually send the handwritten note. I love that, Alex. I think I'm going to I'm I'm going to um, I'm going to take that piece of advice that you just gave incorporate it into just, you know, connections with people who I connect with versus the interview, but just having a phone conversation or whatever and thanking them for that time. I'm totally going to, um, going to implement that. No, so, that's good. And I need to actually, I was thinking about myself. I need to, there are folks on the team. I need to send a note. <laughs> as well. They're just doing such a great job. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. So um, it is past the top of the hour, seven minutes. We've been on. Thank you again, Alex. You always come and bring such phenomenal information. Folks, Federal Career Connection. Actually, let me put it in here. Federalcareerconnection.org. Um, connect, with, connect with Alex on LinkedIn. Follow and connect to the website um, where you can find out all this awesome information. Um, there's webinars twice a month providing info on federal opportunities. People are getting federal jobs for the very first time. Like, you know, they've been out there in the world getting federal jobs, which I think is fantastic. Um, and it's all happening through Federal Career Connection that Alex, you know, dreamed up in his mind and then <laughs> put out here into the world. So definitely. You know what? I would say I, I, I have to very just respectfully and lovingly correct you on this. I didn't, it didn't come in my mind. It was observing you guys. What mm -hmm. the volunteers, the, 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 such the, the caliber of individuals 
who are who surround me. Federal Career Connection, when it comes to that that bifurcated, that value proposition, agency insiders and how we connect people with all sorts of information, it grew just because of the volunteers. And at the end of the day, Renee, I mean, the, the main thing, I'm building the program because it's going to benefit job seekers. I get that. But I'm also building it for the people who have given me their time because third bouts, three bouts of cancer, the one thing I come to learn to really appreciate and love, time. Mm-hmm. When somebody, and I say this all the time, but I mean it. When somebody takes time away from their family, their friends, their work, whatever, and they allocate that precious time to me or to FCC, I'm very, I can't even begin to say how much I appreciate it. So I'm also building this program to put it on its own leg. So if I do move on, well, if cancer does take me down, um, the folks who've given me their time, like Chris Westbrook, 300 plus hours last year, and the team this year has given me so has given FCC nearly 700 hours. Mm. It's them. The value proposition for FCC Incorporated evolved from you guys. Amen. All right, let's end on that. All right. You and take care, that, my friend. I'm going to I'm going to end it. That's that that is it. Have a good night, everyone, and we will see you next time on Breaking into Cybersecurity with Federal Career Connection. Bye-bye. Bye everybody.